Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast with your host, Mark Striegel. And special guest co-host, Victor M. Ruiz. iTunes number one hard rock and metal podcast. I'm Bud Friendly. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Victor. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of Talking Metal and Mars Attacks Live. I am your host, Victor, here in Spain, and somewhere on vacation is Mark Striegel. Yes, actually Lake Placid, Lake Placid, New York, which is about, oh, probably about five and a half, five hours north maybe of, of New York City, about five and a half hours north of where I live in Maplewood. We come up here a lot. Um, my family has a... a lake house i guess you'd call it up here so uh, we come up here a lot it's a it's great part of the country if you haven't been to the adirondack mountains definitely check it out yeah man just glad that i could break away from the vacation to do the show with you another dual episode of talking metal and mars attacks check us out online talkingmetal.com marsattacksradio.com we've been working together here on what we've been calling Mark Striegel Media, and we may soon actually change that name to something, which hopefully we will, I think, probably announce within the next week or two, probably right here. Cool. Yeah, and as I mentioned last week uh, with John on the air, uh, there are a lot of cool things in store for you guys, so just be patient with us. (laughs) And uh, while we work everything out, I think everyone will be pleased when the final product is presented to everyone. Yeah, and we actually had Will from White Wizard scheduled to call in to tonight's show, and I just got an email from him, um, which I'm wondering if this is a cancellation email. This literally came in just minutes ago. Let's see what he says. Did you, have you heard from him at all? I have not, and I can honestly say that I closed my email so it uh, wouldn't take up any of the bandwidth. Okay, yes. He's saying, he says, hey, Mark, would it be okay if another member from White Wizard took part in the interview as well? He's going to be with me so we can both use my phone on speaker, etc. cetera. Uh, I, hate, I hate speakerphone interviews, yeah. but um, sorry for asking at the last minute. I just ran into him, and he said he would love to be included if possible. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we don't know which other member it would be, but um, I guess that's fine, right? You're pretty well yeah. versed on White Wizard, right? Oh yeah, I've um, I've interviewed almost everyone who's ever been in the band. So uh, so yes, I, I know them. I've actually met John and Giovanni here in Spain and interviewed them. James Larue, who's also in the band. So almost everyone who's passed through the band, I've pretty much come in contact with. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, sure. I was going to say, sure. A speakerphone never sounds great, but we'll make it work. But maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm trying to be less. I'm trying to. It's like a new attitude thing I got going on, trying to be less negative because I usually, you know, it'll probably be fine, right? Okay. 
sure. I just that's the simple reply. Sure. Cool. So you have a number for him, or he's supposed to dial into you? I have a number that he sent along. So okay, we'll cool. Be calling right, him. So... What like at the bottom of the hour, right? Yeah, yeah, nine thirty. We'll call him right at nine thirty, and let's just talk about Mars Attacks. You have a PayPal donation now set up on MarsAttacks.com. Yes, I do. I set up a button on the homepage for the PayPal donations. Uh, if anyone wants to help support the show, donate a dollar, donate five, donate twenty bucks, whatever you can. Uh, we've yeah. also set up a link. Below the um, donations, which goes to another page similar to what you guys have going on with Amazon and iTunes and all that. We have a bunch of different stores that we've set up as affiliates and everything from, uh, well, Amazon to Audible.com, um, some instrument stores like ZZZ Music and apparel shops like uh, HBO and FX and things of that nature. So if you're gonna go shop there you know use the links and help us out yeah and what about metal militia you have that uh clothing line an affiliate link for them yes on mars attacks radio yes um they have some good stuff i was checking them out i actually linked through your site to metal militia and what it, what's the deal with that like who it's not like a me, these guys aren't metal musicians who no. form this clothing company who are they they're apparently uh, motorcyclists dirt bikers and they came up with the name and a few years ago when this whole boom of affliction and all these other companies started sprouting up they were one of the smaller companies and they seem to be one of the companies that i guess because they strategically placed themselves have had longevity where some of the others have fizzled out yeah and they have a lot of really cool clothing i'm actually i've actually been to the site numerous times uh after i originally clicked through 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 your site and a lot of great t-shirts shorts and hats you name it a lot of great sexy stuff for the ladies too that you can pick up there so uh, if anything else you know if 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 you're not into donating money or or anything like that, definitely uh, check out Metal Militia. And if you want to make a purchase, go to Victor's site, which is MarsAttacksRadio.com. Click through their their link that's on his site, and that'll take you right over there, and you can uh, buy some cool-looking clothing. And they seem to be all over the place. I, I saw them. You know that place, Lids? You ever right. hear that hat uh, yep. story? Yeah, Lids. Um I see. I don't. I don't. Did I lose your audio? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe you weren't saying anything. You were moving your lips. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. I was. But, I was. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because, <laughs> by the way, guys, Victor and I are on video chat so here, so we actually see each other talking. And he was going like, "Yeah," like mouthing something, and I freaked out. I thought I lost audio for for a second. Uh, Victor's audio, that is. But anyways, that and and they actually carry metal militia baseball caps so uh the company's doing well it's legit you should definitely uh you should definitely check it out and yeah there's so many ways you can support what victor and i do there's the paypal donation buttons there's these affiliate links uh there's um t-shirts even real yeah t-shirts that you can buy uh, we have them on talking metal in the store section and you can even just do something real simple like like these two things are so simple you can go give our facebook pages a like uh, we could both use some more likes. The Mars Attacks Facebook page. What is the official? Is it a Mars Attacks podcast or Mars Attacks Radio? It's Facebook Mars Attacks page? Radio. Yeah, so it's just facebook.com yeah. forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. Cool. Yeah, you can just go give that a like. You can give the Talking Metal page a like. Which, if you just go into Facebook and search Talking Metal, it comes up. And so that's a real easy way to, to support what we're doing. Another. Uh, fun way to support what we're doing is to actually go to either one of our sites talkingmetal.com or mars marsattacksradio.com and just listen to the live stream which is what you're listening to now if you if you're with us at 909 on friday night uh and and you know when you hear those commercials we actually get like it's only literally pennies but we actually get a little percentage they factor in you know Every two or three songs, you'll hear a commercial, and they can actually tell, oh, four people listen to this commercial, so we're going to credit 
the Talking Metal stream or the Mark Striegel stream, whatever it is, back, you know, X amount of money for these people who listen to those commercials. So that's a cool way that you get to get exposed to a lot of great music that Victor and myself have programmed on the live stream. And, you know, if you want to hear music while you're at work, again, the quality's great, the, the music's great, and, you know, you got to hear some commercials every now and again, but just remember that when you listen to those, you're supporting what we do. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, that's, that's my um and that's really no different than spotify because spotify unless you have a you know account with them you have to listen to right. commercials as well so oh right which is the other thing i was going to say if you love our stream so much but you just can't stand the commercials you can do a vip membership yeah. uh which i i don't even know exactly you know how that works um, you got a, what is it, twenty five bucks a year or something like that? I, I think it. I think it's twenty twenty five, and then if uh, any stream is full to the capacity, you're still allowed access to it. You don't have to listen to commercials, and I believe there are some streams that you have access to that others don't. So um, think of it as having uh, like a deluxe cable package where you're getting more yeah. channels than ever, than anyone else. And it's, it's real interesting technically how it works. The guy was telling me, the Live 365 guy, like there were two people, one VIP membership listener and one non-VIP membership listener, and they were listening to our stream here, that technically the guy who, it's the same programming, but the guy who is not, who was the VIP and is not listening to the commercials, he actually kind of moves ahead in time, you know, the time space <laughs> contingent, whatever they call it. And, and he starts, he, he's going to be hearing the music before, long before, well, not long before, but if they were listening for many hours, I guess long before the guy who's been listening to all the commercials. So it, it's the same exact stream. It just somehow edits those commercials out and kind of pushes you ahead. So it's cool. That's cool. So we're excited by what's going on here, and we walk some metal. Is that if you're listening to the podcast version of this, please check out the live stream live version of this every Friday night, at least for now, every Friday night. So we're at nine <laughs> nine twelve. Do you want to play some music? You want to talk some? What's what's up on our agenda here? Oh, uh, we already have some Sabbath queued up. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about? the new album before jumping into the yeah, track definitely. okay uh from what they're reporting but this is funny because this was reported with the last kiss album and i don't know how many other albums that they would be number one and at the end you know they, they forgot to um mention that kanye west was putting an album out so uh kiss ended up like number four um which, which is funny because Kanye's putting out an album soon, right? right. But it's not this week, yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought it up because it's the first thing yeah. that popped into my mind. Yeah, so if everything goes as planned, uh, there's, they sold between 100 to 120,000 copies, which is big nowadays. So yeah. uh, it's it's interesting that after all these years that they're able to pull it off because obviously – they put out albums as Heaven and Hell. They put out albums, obviously, Ozzy's solo stuff. And I don't believe that Ozzy has reached anything close to number one since maybe No More Tears, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that could be. So, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive that they've come back and, and that they're charting this high. My only sort of thing that I've been mentioning on Facebook this week is how a lot of the riffs, and this is something that the two of us discussed previously, a lot of the riffs seem to be sort of refried, if you may, where there were riffs during the Heaven and Hell album that were old riffs from the Tony Martin era, and they're doing the same thing with this album as well. So you actually think that there's riffs left over from tony martin's i know you just said heaven and hell but you think there's still tony martin lit riffs left over that are on this new ozzy black sabbath record well riffs that were used already during songs when oh, tony wow. martin was in the band and there's a song that even sounds like the first song off of the last heaven and hell album hmm. so it, it makes you wonder and I, I mean it's not the first band to do it uh, Kiss has been known to do this. When they put out The Elder, they had a track called The Oath, 
that no one heard, obviously, because the album tanked. But later on, right. on Lick It Up, they had a track called Exciter, which is almost the same identical song, just with different lyrics and reworked slightly. But the riffs and everything else were exactly the same. So who knows? Maybe Tony Iommi is saying, well, if nobody paid attention then, maybe they'll pay attention now. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Um, which, you know, even you could even with the Kiss stuff, too, when you when you mentioned that, I thought of like how those black and blue songs. Right. Uh, you know, were, were totally put back together and they made kiss songs out of them right right and you guys mentioned that on talking metal previously yeah i mean what was the domino right that right right domino. right yeah it was like the riffs were songs that gene simmons had written many years earlier with with uh, black and blue and just basically reworked it changed the melody line a little bit and like you know, the, I'm a pretty hardcore Kiss fan, and I didn't even realize that. That if they are recycling riffs on this new Sabbath record that were on other non-Ozzy era, or I'm sorry, non-Ozzy non Black Sabbath records, uh, that there are a lot of the fans who aren't even going to recognize, and right. maybe they don't even care. I think you're correct with both assessments. <laughs> you know, I think the album is strong enough that you know, even if some of the things are reused, it's almost the point where it really doesn't matter. The album is really good. It isn't as if it's some obscure, you know, C-level band that had one hit and all of a sudden, you know, they put out a new album and it's 12 songs that sound like that one hit. Yeah, and I mean, you could even say, well, hey, at least they're recycling, you know, at least Tony Iommi is recycling his own riffs and he's not stealing right. them from another band. I mean, you know, you could go back to Led Zeppelin, who, right. you know, blues artist Willie Dixon came up with the riff for Whole Lot of Love and he didn't even get a songwriting credit until long after Led Zeppelin had disbanded, you know, and, right. and it was blatantly ripped off from him. So at least if you're stealing from somebody, you're stealing from yourself and it's sure. uh, not as bad, I guess, right? Right, yeah, I mean... The, the, the Zeppelin thing is blatant. I think I've practically brought two to three people to tears in the last year just explaining just that, how those first few albums have so many things that were borrowed from other people and that they weren't even credited. So I agree with you. At least Iomi is redoing his own stuff. Just, I guess, trying to get riffs that he liked the first time around that didn't get attention, trying to get them the, the proper attention that they're due, I guess. Yeah, and you know it it is uh oh, i lost my my thought there but oh i was gonna say let's let's talk about the record itself i mean that that track did you see that i think it was just this past week they released like the full footage of them on csi performing right. the uh what, what song was that again uh it's the first right. track off of the album that song is great. Yeah. I think that song is awesome. I mean, you know, I, I really I really liked, you know, the the God is Dead song, but I, I the the one that was on CSI I liked a hell of a lot more. And I right. will say that I believe I'm getting the Sabbath record this Sunday on C D for Father's Day. So I really part of me just wanted to wait and listen to it on C D. I know I believe it is up on Spotify, but I kind of just right. made this conscious effort that I want to <laughs> listen to it on C D. I know a lot of you talking metal listeners back when I was saying CDs were dead, which basically they are, but um we're saying, oh, the sound quality is so much better. And you're right, the sound quality is so much better. And that's one of the reasons I really want to listen to this uh, uh, CD track by track and not listen to it on Spotify. So by next week at this time, I will have definitely a, uh, a strong opinion one way or another. I do feel like the, the, the reviews end, end of the beginning, by the way, is yes. the name of that song. The reviews were good, but they weren't amazing have you read many reviews uh i read a few I, I was shocked that rolling stone sort of went out of their way and you know gave it this great review i'm thinking you know how many years later and they, they yeah. finally come around and they actually made note of that they uh posted like the very first review they did for their the first album where they 
essentially say that you know that that the album Black Sabbath sucked more or less. So it's interesting that it only took them what forty years to come around yeah. and actually. Give I think the album they panned. First came out and just called them crap, you know. And I, I think Masters of Reality they may have actually given a somewhat okay review to, if I recall. I'm not sure about that, but right. yeah, Rolling Stone has never been a. A, uh, a friend of, of hard rock or, or heavy metal. And I, I remember that, uh, you know, I used to read it a little bit like when I got into college, but it was like, you know, I remember even when they, they put Motley Crue on the cover during, I guess that would have been, if that I don't know if that was Girls, Girls, Girls or Dr. Feel Dr. Good. Feelgood. It yeah. was around then. It, the, the headline had Motley Crue on the cover. And it said, heavy metal, it's loud, it's ugly, and it won't go away. And it was just like, even they, they couldn't, you know, they put Motley Crue on the cover because they knew it would sell magazines, but they right. couldn't, like, like they still had to have this little snide headline, you know, with it, which I, I thought was, was annoying. Yeah, I, I agree. And that was the Dr. Feelgood era uh, when they were on the cover. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, they've never given metal the recognition it deserves, and hence why, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you only have, you know, well, Sabbath. Finally, you have Van Halen, you have Guns N' Roses, and Metallica, because those are, you know, some of the biggest selling artists. And I mean, you could argue that two of those bands are in there because they wanted to cash in on the you know reunion bandwagon saying that they were the ones that put van halen or guns and roses back together again outside right. of that they probably wouldn't have had either or you know uh inducted had they have known how those two debacles were going to turn out so right totally and you know the van halen thing was a bit of a debacle too when they were inducted and even david bowie didn't show up for the, the inductee um thing you know so i don't know the rock and roll hall of fame i mean it's like i listened to chad smith from the red hot chili peppers interviewed alex lifeson recently right. mm -hmm. which is a great interview if you haven't heard that. i think it's the music radar podcast and alex like it was almost like you know i think the interview took place right before the the uh, induction ceremony and like he basically said said that you know they had very mixed feelings about being inducted at all after all this time you know and, and right. they they did it for the fans and blah 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 and you know i don't know i got the i got the um, vibe that he wasn't too hip on the rock and roll hall of fame <laughs> after all and you know while we're on that subject and we'll come back and circle around to sabbath but dave Grohl inducted rush recently into the rock and roll hall of fame and Kiss, of course, has been one of those bands which everybody, listen, whether you like Kiss or not, they were so influential, so influential. I mean, you talk to any 80s era metal guy from a thrasher to a glam metal guy, they were influenced by Kiss. I mean, hell, Lenny Kravitz was influenced by Kiss. Garth Brooks was influenced by Kiss. So their influence definitely expanded outside of the hard rock, uh, heavy metal genre michael jackson liked kiss apparently so it's like you know it's like why why the hell is kiss not in the rock and roll hall of fame i think it's it's because this guy whatever what's his name jan warner, warner yeah. yeah yeah he doesn't like kiss so that's why they're not in and kiss was was never you know new york's music critic cool and that's why kiss are not not in there speech when he goes to induct rush saying that you know that he had been into kiss and you know the whole thing with rush was a was a whole different uh element because you know they were they were they weren't just singing about you know rock and roll all night and party every day they were singing about you know priests and you know and the temples and you know all this crazy you know mystical stuff um so I thought it was cool that, that Dave, who is a KISS fan, uh, mentioned KISS in his, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speech. And and maybe it'll take a guy like that or some of these younger people who are respected by the Hall of Fame, maybe it'll take them 
you know, having to convince the the bunch of really old baby baby boomers who are the ones who are on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame committee. It, it might take them some uh, uh, them to convince these old guys the kiss to, gets in. Although once you get in, then are aren't you allowed to vote? Is that how it works? I'm not even sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I know that. Well, on the flip side, you also had Courtney Love, who years ago said that if Kiss didn't get in, that she wanted them to return all of Kurt Cobain's stuff. Oh, really? She said that? Wow, oh, yeah, that's yeah, good, yeah. Good yeah. Cool. Uh, she was saying that they were one of his biggest influences, and it was a joke that you know Nirvana would probably make it in before Kiss did. So yeah, good for her. Good for her. Yeah, it is a joke. Uh, the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. So I, I, I did enjoy watching Rush get inducted, though, and. Uh, it, it was a fun little thing. Dave Grohl and uh, Taylor Hawkins and who's that producer that we were going to talk about last week? I mean, Nick Razgulensky or whatever his name. Right. Yeah, he uh, they came out and jammed some Rush before the real Rush came out and jammed Rush. So it was right. it was good watch. It was fun stuff. So, anyways, yeah, we started off talking about Sabbath. The new record is out. Let's quickly get into a track. I actually, like I said, I'm kind of waiting to listen to the CD of, of it, and I will have a strong opinion for you one way or the other next week. I have a feeling I'm going to like it. But what, what is, in, in a few sentences, what is your opinion of it, Victor? I think the last episode that we did together, where we were hoping that it would be on par with Technical Ecstasy and, and uh, Never Say Die, I think that was sort of the assessment that we had, that if it was somewhere on that level that it would be good you know it would be uh, above and beyond expectations and to me i think the album has superseded that i'm not going to say that it's cool you know sabotage or volume four or any of the you know classic classic albums but it is respectful i think to their legacy and i think uh for anyone coming out and and now you know, bitching that they're working with Ozzy or saying that, you know, it would have been better with Dio or whatever. You know, come on, give it a rest. Just be happy with what you have. The album is good. Uh, if you don't like it, there's plenty of other things to listen to. And the track that I picked out is the track that a lot of people have said that it's the best track on the album. So we'll check it out. I don't know if you want to hear part of it or not. Or yeah, if you want to keep the surprise. But, no, I want to hear it. Okay. Name of the track is Loner. And all the tracks that I think we've discussed in the beginning, God is Dead. And this track absolutely kick ass. So let's go for Sympathize 
Okay, we're back, and we've got two guests on the phone from White Wizard and out in California. We have uh, Will and Jake, the two new guitarists, new as opposed to new from the last release um, of White Wizard. I've, as we were just commenting off air, I've actually met Jake when uh, White Wizard was opening up for... Uh, iced earth over here in spain and um it, it impressed me that uh, right off the bat you were able to pull off a lot of you know the soloing that the previous guitars had done in the band who none of them were, were slouches by all means but you were also adding your own sort of flavor to the entire mix um how difficult was it for you to try to you know interpret what these other guitars had done, but yet still sort of put your own spin on things. Yeah, I mean, that was really my goal was to, um, I wanted to kind of get memorable parts, you know, to the listener would hear in guitar solos that the other guys had already done. But at the same time, I wanted to put my own flavor on there, my own stamp, so to speak, and say, like, you know, I'm in the band now, so I'm going to kind of do what, um, what I feel would be, um, you know, what I would want to listen to. So that's kind of how I went about it. I was just going to listen to certain parts and I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a memorable lick, so I need to get that in there. But then when it came down to um, just sort of the technical aspect, I really wanted to throw in, you know, the sweeping or like the ultimate picking and various looks like that. Cool. Hey, Will, I wanted to ask you, this is Mark, by the way, I wanted to ask you yeah. about just some of your history and, and, you know, arriving at how you actually ended up in white wizard, but you're, you're, I mean, when I hear of white, when I think of white wizard, I don't really think of, uh, Europe and you're originally from Europe. Can you talk about where you're from, how you, you're and eventually ended up in Los Angeles and, uh, maybe just a brief version of the, the long road to ending up in white wizard. Yeah, sure. Um, well, yeah, I'm from England. Um, I'm from Devon, England, which is actually a sort of a very uh, low-populated area in the southwest. And, uh, I mean, I started playing guitar in England, and I always sort of had a dream to, like, be in a band and sort of, you know, make it in music when I was sort of older. And uh, when I was 21, I just decided to move to L.A. because luckily I'm a, a U.S. citizen, so it's sort of fairly easy for me to move over here. Um, that was in 2008. How does that? How did that work? Um, I have dual citizenship, so I was born in San Diego. My parents actually were living there briefly while my dad worked here for a company, 
And uh, because my parents were English, I also have that citizenship. So I kind of I oh, have wow. two passports. So yeah, it's very sort of easy for me to travel around between the countries. Cool. So you, 21, you moved over to Los Angeles. And what happened between then? I, I already know the answer, some of the answers to, to this. But can you fill us in what happened between then and now? Sure. I mean, I came to L.A. and uh, I was sort of, I sort of became like a, a hired gun session guy, I guess. Like I just would look for as many bands as I could. He needed a guitar player and I'd like play out and, and do things like that. And I started doing like guitar lessons to like make money. Um, and then I sort of, I met my musical partner and also personal partner. She ended up becoming my wife, Vivian. And we started a project together called, uh, it's just like self-titled really. And, um, we sort of managed to meet some pretty good musicians sort of from bands that we sort of grew up listening to, bands like sort of Rainbow and things like that. And we actually did an album together that sort of, uh, it didn't really get much attention, but it, it did have a lot of really good musicians, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. You sent me a couple tracks off of that, and I, I really dug them. That You're talking about Walner Vane, right? And you guys have yeah. a, a site up, Wal, com, which we'll have linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Yeah. I mean, that project was really just a case of, like, I'd always, you know, obviously my idols are guys like Richie Blackmore and John Sykes and Gary Moore. And uh, I just always wanted to kind of, like, play with the musicians who those guys had had in their bands. Thing. And this one night I was at the Rainbow and Vinnie and Carmine Atherton were there and sort of Blue Murder is just like one of my all-time favorite bands. But Carmine's kind of like a, a very special like guy. I sort of held him very high with it. So I sort of I approached him very respectfully and bought him like a drink. And then the next thing I know, we just sat there like having dinner and sort of chatting like the whole night. And then awesome. when he agreed to play on my album, I was just like, wow, this is going to be great, you know. Um, and yeah, you know, and after those guys, it was just a case of, you know, contacting other musicians who might be interested, guys like Rudy Sarzo and, you know, Derek Sherinian and a bunch of different guys who I sort of grew up sort of respecting. And, um, and yeah, you know, and then on the other side of that, I, I was doing sessions and sort of just trying to keep myself busy until about a year ago when I contacted John, who's, you know, the main guy in White Wizard, just to see if they needed a guitar player. And actually, it was like about two weeks before they had a show in Tokyo, Japan. And uh, they actually, like, you know, luckily for me, needed a guitar player at the last minute. So that's how I sort of jumped into the band. And then two weeks later, we flew out to Tokyo to play the show. Wow, that's crazy. And so you didn't uh, initially join as – see, I, I was under the impression maybe you joined White Wizard to play on the record and then they kind of brought you in as a, a full-time member but that's not the case well it's kind of a weird situation like i guess they they were actually recording a song um as like a demo type track and uh yeah it was kind of like a combination of both needing a guitar player for that and then also needing a guitar player for the show and basically right. needing a permanent member anyway because they'd already had jake and so Jake was like a permanent guy who they found that they needed like someone else. During the band, I wasn't, it was, it was, it was just kind of a very, um, I don't know, spontaneous thing that sort of like joined them. And then we got back from the gig and then I sort of really decided I liked the band. So I sort of wanted to stick with it and, and become like a real member of the band rather than it just being like a, a hired gun or a session thing like I'd done before. So I'm really sort of trying to make myself like a, a real member of the band and sort of, you know, one of, one of the team players, if you know what I'm saying. Excellent. Now, hey, Jake, is there kind of a friendly competition between you and Will, or is there? Is it just strictly team players? No, I think there's. Uh, I think there's always a little bit of competition as far as like who's got the better solo, but uh, you know, night and night basis we're on tour and stuff. But really, we're Will and I are such different styles. Um, when you listen to the playing and you listen to this record. Um, I come from more of like the 80s shrapnel players like Jason Becker, Marty Friedman, Paul Gilbert. And Will, um, like he said, is more of a John Sykes, Richie Blackmore type of guy. So it's such a different, you know, it's still metal guitar playing and metal soloing, but it's, it's two different spectrums, you know what I mean? So it's not really, it's kind of like apples and oranges to compare. So I think that really actually kind of helps out. So it's really 
it's really not really a competition aspect. At least for mine, I don't know about you, Will. Is there a competition? I mean, I feel a bit of competition because Jake's like five years younger than me. So it's like, I, I, he's, you know, he's younger, he's faster, he's slimmer. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I still do feel a bit of a competition, maybe. But, you know, just in like a friendly sort of, you know. Yeah, it's always, I mean, friendly competition is healthy as can be. Yeah, yeah. you got to have that. Otherwise, they're going to push yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's slimmer than you. So the competition goes beyond <laughs> guitar playing. <laughs> yeah. When, when I moved to America and I discovered like the fast food, like In and Out Burger, for example, I just went to town and said, like, you know, I, I feel put on a bit of weight. And Jake's really into keeping fit, you know, like doing hikes and stuff. But I'm sort of the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to stay fit. On the road, yeah, that's hard. That's a competition in itself. Yeah, I would think staying fit on the road is hard when when you don't have much uh, much options when it comes to to food, you know. But um, it's anyways, we we I'm gonna let Victor uh, grab the next question. Go for it, Victor. Sure. Uh, can you guys tell us a little bit about your gear? I know Jake, you had a custom Jackson. When I'd seen you, it was a, if I'm not mistaken, a, a King V. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? And afterwards, Will, can you tell us a little bit about what gear you used on this album and how that may vary from some of your session playing? Absolutely, yeah. I uh, the uh, exactly the main guitar was a Jackson uh, King V, like you mentioned. It's actually called a uh, Custom Shock KV7. But uh, the way it stands makes it a little bit different. It's as a seven-string model. So it's 24 frets. It's a beautiful guitar. It's my favorite guitar I've ever played. And it's, um, it's this real, I've always been a big fan of these for some reason, everyone since I was a little kid. So it's just got this real obnoxious purple color to it, which is just a kind of nod to like the 80s players that I love. And, um, a beautiful guitar though. Sounds great. Uh, plays great. It's got, um, uh, it's got some, uh, the Marjo deactivators and the pickups in there. Okay. It's got a, uh, Kaler 2317 bridge. And, um, yeah, it's a great guitar. And, uh, basically, I, I now play through a Saldano SLO 100 as my main, uh, live amp. And that's run through just a Bogner Uber cab. And, uh, for a backup guitar, I recently scored a Ivan Steve I model from 91. That was the, uh, it's the wine green, basically, with a locked in green kind of color with a right. maple fretboard. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so, so those are two my, my, my two main guitars. I try to keep my rig as simple as possible. Just basically, you know, guitar, it's straight in the amplifier because once pedals and stuff start getting in there, I can start getting confused. And, uh, you know, we don't want that on the road. <laughs> I try to keep it as simple as possible so that uh, I can, you know, I can maintain it when I need to. But uh, hey, guys, see my rig. So, uh, yeah, and those... those... Those Bogner amps sound so good. It's like you almost don't need anything when you're when you're running into those. I, I love Bogner's. Great, great amps. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, I, I used to play uh, Ecstasy, which was the three-channel amp. And um, my favorite though is uh, they, they had this model called the Bogner Shiva. That was yeah, that's, I actually I own a Bogner Shiva. Actually, great, great head. Oh man, I'm, I'm jealous of you for having that, man. That's my favorite lead tone amp that I've ever played through, man. It's just got such a nice, warm, warm tone to it. You know what I mean? Hard yeah, to find, yeah. and like you said, you don't even need effects for it. And that's the same way with the uh, the Salt SLO. It's basically whenever I do put effects in front of it, it actually almost kind of sounds worse. It's almost like the the amp's rejecting the the signal path. You know what I mean? So it's like you kind of <laughs> totally. have to play through there. But the only bad part is you know when you mess up. So it's, has to keep me on my toes too for practicing. Ah, right, right. But, uh, but so, Will, uh, yeah, hey. let's hear about your gear, Will. So, uh, my main guitar, I, I, I play basically lead pools and also and Stratocasters. I like some more traditional guitars, I would say. And my main guitar is a, uh, a 1978 Pool Custom, which my father bought for me when I turned 18. And it's just sort of, it's been with me basically since I sort of started on my musical journey, so to speak. And um, I've always sort of gone for the old school, like, sort of setup. I play um, Marshall JCM 800, um, the 50 watt, single channel. And then I just use, nice. like, a boost model, like an Ibanez tube streamer. And, um, yeah, I uh, I have actually, like, that's my main guitar. And then I also have a touring guitar, which I, I bought recently, which is another Les Paul. And I just actually had some new pickups put in. And I'm really pleased with these pickups. They're called Bare Knuckles. And they're sort of like a a boutique pickup company made close to where I live 
and uh, the reason I use those is because like I, Gary Moore used them in some of his guitars. And I have really great things, so bare knuckle pickups are sort of like a thing that I've just discovered and really sort of hyped on those right now. But um, nice, yeah. So it's like, it's like the Marshall JCM 800 Les Paul, and uh, I actually have a pretty cool studio set up at home where I like built like a soundproof enclosure for like a for like a four by twelve cab and a mic. And then I can like crank my GACM 800s at home to like the concert volumes and not annoy my neighbors too much. And that's what I use for like, say, tracking like solos for people and stuff like that. And do you guys use the same gear in the live situation as you do in, in, the, in the studio? Like, what gear did you use on, on the Devil's Cut? Yeah, I actually, I, for the Devil's Cut, I recorded my solos at my house um, because I actually. I sort of did a bit of pre-production for the album in terms of like demoing the songs. So I had all the songs laid out in my studio, like for the click. And then, cause I like, I love my setup, you know, if I, I have it sort of dialed into exactly how I like it. I asked the producer, Ralph Patton, if it'd be cool if I just tracked my solos here and sent him the files. And he was like, I just, I just take a half stack, um, you know, same amp, so my hundred all the way. Yeah. For the, for the devil's cut, um, I actually went down to the to where Ralph Patton was recording at that, which was down in Arizona, and uh, I brought my SLO 100, so I used that, uh, and the main guitar was my Jackson, of course, and I believe we just used that through a four by twelve Marshall, just a 1968, and then uh, we used a few, uh, like I believe they were vintage TC electronic pedals. I could be wrong, but we used a few sustainers, um, just some real classic kind of sounding stuff, um, and that's what I used to track the leads. So. Pretty much, you know, I would say it's almost dead on to what we use in the um, live, but just, you know, maybe little effects here and there just for some nice ear candy, but pretty much it's, it's exactly what we use. Cool. And what is next for you guys? Um, I'm assuming that uh, you, you've got some sort of tour dates planned? Uh, yeah, we just got um, a European tour confirmed for September, October. That's going to be about a month. Um, and then we're doing like some like US shows and maybe like a North America tour in August that we're still waiting to get confirmation on. But uh, we do actually have, we have like a record release event coming up on uh, July 9th at the Roxy here in Hollywood. And um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to be on that, which features uh, Rock the Bod. And uh, you guys in Halford and uh, Leaping of Cage. That's that should be a cool show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, we also have a we have a festival as well out in Maryland on uh, I think November seventh, and then uh, two days later we're going to do a gig in New York on the ninth. So the sort of it's it's slowly coming together. Like you know we're trying to get out there and do as much as we can. You know with the band. Okay. Cool. And you guys both foresee yourself being a part of White Wizard for quite some time. Yeah, totally. We we definitely um yeah I, I mean at this point right now we, we definitely wanted to be uh, on the record and and put our name on there and really just kind of show to people that we're um you know we're part of the band and that we're here to stay. So we're definitely going to be in it for the for the long haul and we're, we're just really looking Good. forward to the future and, and see what's going to be. No, we're, we're not going to get in there and just be like oh we're going to be on the record and bail. You know that wouldn't be cool. And it would right. Be it's just. John, yeah, there has been obviously some stuff in the press uh, kind of teasing or maybe you could even say criticizing uh, John and White Wizard for that matter because it's been just such a revolving door of uh, of, of lineup changes and members. So it's really good to hear that you guys are in this for the long haul and are committed to White Wizard. Yeah, no, man, we're definitely in for it. I can tell you, man, when I first joined the band, we um, before we had gotten Will and before we got in our new singer Joseph Michael, we had a few um, a few guys that were kind of basically like touring members. I believe that when we were in Spain, we had two touring guys that right. are no longer in the band. And uh, the one thing I said to John was after we had a rehearsal, we had done a tour in August with this lineup that we have now, and we had a rehearsal for a show that we were doing in January, and I. I turned to John in the rehearsal room. I go, this is the first thing we've ever rehearsed and had the full band that we just did a tour with. You know, most of the time it's like if we go teach another guy what it is. So it was really good to actually, um, you know, just have the band that's been around for a while. If you, you build chemistry that way, you get a, a bond and it, it just makes everything way easier. So I, to answer your question, yeah, we're definitely going to be in 
previous to being in the band. Jake, you had some solo material out, and obviously Mark brought up uh, your band, Will. Does that mean that everything gets put on hold? Do you guys still write on the side for your other projects? What what can fans expect uh, with regards to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually writing some stuff right now. Um, it, cause it's, the stuff that I, I have for my solo material is way different than White Wizard. It's, it's a little bit more pr- uh, progressive, and it's, um, you know, just more guitar noodly kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm in the process right now of trying to write some stuff for that. But, of course, like, you know, White, White, White Wizard kind of gets it first. And I know Will is working on some stuff as well that he'll tell you about. Um, well, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, although it's like I have committed to the band to be a full-time member, it's not like a full-time position where all my time is taken up. So I have a lot of free time to do sessions on the side and continue my solo stuff. And um, I'm actually, in August, about to do like an album with a band, and they've, they've got a guy called Roy Z producing it. I don't know if you know him. Of course. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, they're actually they're a band that I've worked with before. They, we did an album like last year with uh, Bob Kulik. So, you know, it's like it doesn't really affect me too much. And then obviously I have my solo stuff, which me and Vivian are working on another album. You know, with sort of similar musicians who played on the first one and more. So, you know, I, I, it doesn't really affect it too badly. Cool. Well, keep us posted on everything you guys are doing with and without White Wizard. Um, we're definitely looking to, uh, you know, catch you guys when you come through our towns. I'm in New York. You said there'll be a New York date in possibly November. Yeah, November 9th. Yeah, I think it's actually confirmed. I think yeah, it's uh, I think it's the studio Lester Hall will be playing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. And we want to remind all the Talking Metal listeners that you guys can check White Wizard out online you guys what's the best website address for white wizard the best we finally have a website the band finally has a website it's whitewizardofficial.com that's the uh that's the up-to-date website where you can find up-to-date information and everything like that cool and the new record is out i guess on century media in the states right in earache in uk so um depending on where you live you can get it uh on different labels and or you can just go right to White Wizard Official and order it there. It's cool. You guys have the uh, the vinyl versions of, of the album out. Uh, again, the album is called The Devil's Cut. I love the colored vinyl. That's great stuff. Yeah, that's a really cool feature that Earache does on there. You don't see a lot of record labels now that are um, that are really doing vinyl. So that's a really cool aspect. And to me, I think that I think vinyl just sounds better. You know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah definitely a different sound so fun stuff and we should probably play a little white wizard right Victor? yeah we're gonna get into the track torpedo of truth coming off of devil's cut uh we want to thank you guys for for joining us all right thanks guys thank you very much guys appreciate it man all right yeah good luck hope to see you in new york in november thanks a lot man thanks a lot listening to a podcast version of the last live show where we play abbreviated versions of the songs to hear the songs in full go to talkingmetal.com and use the itunes links in today's show notes to open your itunes there you can purchase the music within the realm of the lies illusions dancing all
to do my oblig- obligatory uh, bud friendly and we're back yes cool big thanks to will walner for setting that interview up and being a part of the interview will has been in contact with talking metal for quite some time now long before he was in white wizard and it's very cool that he's ended up in a band that victor and i and i know john astronomy likes too yep. so uh thanks to will and to jake for calling in to the talking metal episode and the mars attacks episode that we're doing here live on the live 365 stream tonight go check white wizard out if you're in la they will be at the roxy on july 9th the doors for that show open at 9 p.m. That should be a great show. Record release party, actually, I believe, at the Roxy Theater in Hollywood. So check that out, guys. That's in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood. Cool. Yeah, it's on the corner there in front of the Viper Room and uh, uh, the Roxy, you said. No, I'm, ma- I'm confusing it with the whiskey, but it's the whiskey, yeah. the Roxy, Rainbow, and Viper Room are all in a row there. And that's the one that uh, they're doing with Death Dealer and that uh, features members of Manowar, Cage, and Halford, which I think one of those guys, Jake, or somebody mentioned during, maybe it was Will, I think it was Jake, mentioned during yeah. the uh, the interview. Cool. And check out White Wizard's new album, The Devil's Cut, which is out now on Century Media here in the U.S. I'll have to get that on vinyl. Actually, when I saw them, I picked up all the other albums uh previous to this on on picture disc they had them at the show so it was cool i uh, i had to pick them up nice nice i love uh the colored vinyl that they have um reminded me of i used to have fade to black on green vinyl a single oh, yeah. for fade to black which i i won at a metallica listening party actually huh. back when i was like 14 or 15 years old so anyways um good stuff and white wizard is one of those bands that uh, keeps the traditional sound of heavy metal alive and for that we are all thankful so good luck to jake and will from white wizard and i guess we're going to wrap things up victor what do you want to end with tonight um you want to end something with will's solo band here the the project with his wife yeah sure absolutely let's do that okay and before we get into that, just remember to check out all the good links, the Facebook, the Twitter, subscribe via iTunes. Uh, I'm up on Stitcher now as well. So if anyone uh, wants to ask what to do, if you have an Android phone, you could just subscribe via Stitcher. So what else? You want to mention anything else? Yeah, the the Stitcher thing. Somebody actually wrote in on Facebook saying... Um that they uh, they listen to all of their Talking Metal podcasts on an Android phone and that they use Stitcher. So I, I found that that was uh, cool. And it's I guess it's a, fr- a nice, easy, free way to listen to yeah. your favorite podcasts on Android. So, um, yeah, I have a bunch of email and some couple PayPal donations came in, but I'm going to probably hit those on the, the next episode. Okay. So, uh, guys, if, if you're uh, waiting to hear your PayPal donation email read and your music request, just stay tuned. We will definitely cover that. I got a lot of cool stuff coming up on Talking Metal. We're going to sit down with Lydia Chris. John and cool. I are going to dinner with her on um, – Wednesday, we're going to record a podcast, which will probably be the next podcast right after this one. And then also, I'm going to check out Foreigner, uh-huh. another band that is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame out in Morristown. Uh, Lou Graham, or yeah, Lou Graham's not in the band either anymore. But Kelly guess who is? Healy? Jeff Pilson is the bass player. So I'm going to sit down and talk Foreigner with him, talk cool. Dio 
talk uh, Dokken, of course, and talk a lot of other stuff. So I'm looking forward to catching up with both Lydia Chris, Peter Chris's former ex-wife, who I actually rented a room from for right. three and a half months, and also looking forward to catching up or actually meeting for the first time, Jeff Pilsen from Dokken. And cool. uh, all that's happening next week when I get back to New Jersey, currently up here in Lake Placid. Cool. So we'll send things off with uh, Streets of Rage here. And remember something that we started last week. If you want to hear the Mars Attacks podcast before it's actually available for download right after this episode, you'll be able to hear an interview that I conducted with uh, Charlie D'Angelo of Spiritual Beggars and Arch Enemy. Nice. One of our first Talking in Metal interviews, actually. Oh, uh, no Charlie. kidding. Yeah. Big Kiss fan. It was uh, pretty interesting. But um, cool. So is Angela actually is a pretty uh, big kiss fan. Angela from Arch Enemy. Right. Uh, that's cool. I I did not know that. I knew that uh, you guys talked about them covering the oath uh, way back when coming back full circle to the Elder album again. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think Angela said her one of her favorite songs of all time is I Love It Loud, although I might be wrong. But I, I think she said that at one time. Huh. Could be. So anyway, we keep dragging things out here. Let's uh, end, end the episode here with some Walner Vane. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time right here on the Talking Metal and Mars Attacks live show. Yes, and big thanks to Jake and, of course, Will Walner from White Wizard for checking in with us on Talking Metal.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.